Salam alaikum, bro. Alaikum salam. How's it going? I uh, I'm well. Been, I'm well, this this is this the first time I've installed this app. It's actually pretty cool. Um, it, obviously, you can like yeah, listen it, into what other people are doing and you know talking about and a lot of a lot of people are just talking about COVID, man. That seems to be the hot topic yeah. right now. It's it's crazy. It's, it's um so this app is a new app. It was um launched in America about two and a half months ago. It was launched here right, about right. two and a half weeks ago. Um and it's just going off. I usually use something called Anchor, um, or I set up other right, ways okay. to podcast with the whole mic setup and everything. Um yeah, 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 but yeah, with this yeah. app it'd been so fresh and brand new, I thought, you know what, I'll give this a try, see how it goes, just do a couple mm. in here, record obviously and then export them onto Spotify. Um, mm. So yeah, here we are. Exactly a, a, an interesting app. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so it's here vo- we are. So it's voice and avatar, basically, isn't it? So there's avatar and then, then, then the voice, right? Then the voice. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. That's so I don't it. have to worry uh, about looking pretty then. No, not <laughs> for the moment. Um, but obviously, yeah. after the pandemic and stuff, I definitely want to have you on again. Um, yeah. Uh, with a proper setup that I've got. Just for now, yeah. we're just going yeah, through this. Um, but before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everyone who you are. Um, yeah, sure. Um, my name's Hasnel, uh, Hasnel Lahori. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, based in Manchester. Uh, born in Lahore. Um, never had any intention to actually pursue music full time, but I was always passionate about music. Yeah. And um, once, obviously, I, I was I graduated and stuff. I mean, our family has been very supportive of what I do. But mm-hmm. uh, but once I once I graduated, then I had pretty much had the free pass to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so so that's where obviously, like even at uni, I think that's probably where it really started for me because I, I I went to university in London. My family's okay. uh, in Greater Manchester, and uh, just out of boredom, I picked up the guitar. And, uh, and yeah, so then, you know, I started recording a few YouTube covers and I put them up on YouTube. And uh, this is obviously when back when, you know, not many covers used to be on YouTube. But now, obviously, you know, like for one song, you're probably sounding <laughs> gazillion covers. Um, yeah. But I think I think that sort of worked in my favor. And of course, you know, it gave me um, got me a lot, a lot of uh, it was it was a new thing, you know, not many people were doing it at that time. Yeah. So it got me a lot of uh, a lot of followers, a lot of fans, a lot of admirers, which uh, which is always nice, you know, for for boosting your confidence. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the journey itself, there's been lots of ups and downs. You know, um, I joined a band, and I believe that's the time I met you. I uh, I, I joined a band with. Uh, yeah, yeah, with another singer called Usman Riman. He's based in Bradford. Um, yes, I remember um, that. So 2011, around that that time when I met yeah, you, yes, uh, coming yes. up to about ten years, it was a long, long time ago. Um, you mentioned that he was born in Lahore as well. I did not know that about you. Actually, that is a new fact for me. No. Yeah, no, <laughs> wow. I, did not know. I, I originally thought you was from Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were from Halifax originally, and then you moved down to Manchester. No, no, no. I was originally from Lahore. I lived in yeah. London for 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 a lot a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I lived initially initially when we moved to the UK. It was six months, and then we yeah. moved to Greater Manchester. And when when the time came for me at my university, I moved to London again. So I was there for my term, and then I was there for an extra couple of years to work, and then I got homesick and I moved back. So yeah, sorry, bro, but but not Halifax. <laughs> So you mentioned only um, Halifax like twice. You've only been. Oh, I don't know where I got Halifax from. I have no idea where I got Halifax from. I always thought he was just from Halifax. So I, I do apologize for having for holding okay. that missing for all these years. I've got thinking here from Halifax. H for Halifax. Sorry. H for Halifax. <laughs> but um, you mentioned um, obviously you picked up the guitar out of boredom. I mean, talk me through yeah. that. How did how did because obviously I've I've seen you play the guitar. I've heard you play the guitar. And for anyone that yeah. that that's listening, this brother is amazing. 
you know, um, I <laughs> have never told anyone this. I've told um, two people know this. I myself have tried to to learn the guitar. I used to work with a producer mm. who I'm pretty mm. sure you're, uh, you you are, you know of very well, um, yep, Gorilla Chiller, based yeah, in yeah. Manchester. Um, and I remember watching you play the guitar the first time I ever met you um, mm. with Usman when you guys had formed this band, and you had this very punk rock vibe to you um you know you look really cool you had this leather black leather jacket on um i saw you and i went out and this is this is no lie this is actually the truth 2011 i was 17 how old was you then uh 24 20 24 23 24 so uh, Naturally, I you know I you look over up to to those uh, older than you, even a little bit older, because you know you're you're an adult, sure. you're in your mid twenties sure. or touching your mid twenties, and like yo, this guy's so cool. Um, I went out to Topman and bought a leather jacket. <laughs> and <laughs> anyone ever like sort of sees pictures of me from like on Facebook or anything, and you see the date, and if it's 2011-12 and early 2013, I've got a leather jacket on, which is from Topman. Um, and the reason I bought that is because I saw Brother Husnay wear one. I also picked wow. up a guitar because I watched you play on a number of occasions and I tried to learn it. I couldn't. I still have both my acoustic guitars. They're actually right in front of me collecting dust. Mm. Um, I tried it and I, and I couldn't. Um, but, you know. Well, in all, in all fairness, my, my guitars have been catching dust due to COVID as well. So <laughs> if that's any consolence. <laughs> but, 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 bro, that, 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 that means a lot to me. That means a lot to me. Um, it's obviously it's the first time I'm, I've come to, come to know about this. Uh, it's just you know we never really had that chance to um, to converse yeah. enough. Yeah. I think it was always sort of touch and go, and uh, you know we'd kick it in for a past, bit yeah. in, the past, uh, in the past. Yeah, and and you was always performing, and uh, back in the day I was performing too. Um, so it was always sort of touch yeah. and go. We never really yeah. was able to to converse so much so you picked the, the the guitar out of boredom in terms of learning did you how, how was that was that self-taught was you did you pick a tutor up in, in all honesty in i mean all those honesty, who I mean, say that they are self-taught i mean yeah. i used to say that i'm self-taught but 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 that's not the truth the truth is okay. that i've learned from multiple sources independently that does not mm-hmm. mean that i've just basically been in a cave and i've just basically you know learned out of nothing so so, yeah. so the truth is i mean I, I mean years ago years ago used i used that's what i always used to say that i'm self-taught but it's only now you know that i can realize that it, i've actually learned from so many different people in so many different ways even ways that they've not actually tried to teach me something mm-hmm. but i've seen them do a certain lick or something and i've tried to imitate that so of course you know i have to give credit to that person because i learned it from them now it, it yeah. wasn't I, I, you know, it wasn't a traditional way of teaching someone, but you always mm-hmm. learn from from so many things. I mean, primarily for me was I, I bought my guitar. Now I tell you, my, I'll tell you the story as well, which, which not many people know. My first ever guitar I bought f- was from a friend of mine who got into playing guitar, but he, he he gave up on it because it was too challenging for him. He had two guitars with him. He had an acoustic and an electric, right? And right. Uh, Shamaz. Uh, Shamaz was his name, and uh, he's very, very studious type. And he goes, "Look, I've given up on the guitar. If you want it, you know, you can buy it off me." I bought my first guitar for thirty-five pounds from him, and I still have that guitar with me. It was a Falcon guitar, you know, relatively unknown brand. But mm-hmm. uh, and then with that guitar, he also gave me a book, and in that book, you had like basic chords, how to strum how to even restring your guitar. It was meant to be a beginner's book, but you know, it pretty much had everything in there. And wow. YouTube wasn't as big back then. Uh, I mean, there was Google videos. I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't yes, really I used re- for, yeah, it wasn't really used for tutorials as such oh. as it is now. But obviously when, when tutorials came on YouTube, then of course, you know, that helps you elevate your game further. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I, I wouldn't call myself a self-taught. I, I mean, the, the best thing is to best way to describe it, more accurate way to describe it is that I've learned independently from so many other people, so many different sources. Right. Okay. So in, obviously you pick the guitar up. Do you, is there, are there any other instruments that you play? I always play the piano. 
Now, piano is, yeah. is, is a relatively easy instrument to play. And I had, I had rough understandings of, you know, the notes and stuff. So, you know, knowing that, you know, your, your notes actually start from C, D, E, F, G, and then A, B, C afterwards, you know, and then what the sharps are, what the flats are. So I sort of had like a basic idea. But, but obviously, um, guitar is a completely different instrument because it's based on, you know, strings rather than just pressing a key. And those strings you obviously have to hold at a certain you know point in, on the fret, and uh, then be able to uh, you know pluck at the same time. And yeah. um, apart from that, I, I also play the harmonica a little bit. And I learned, I, I started to learn how to play the violin, and I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> what about the drums? Do you play the drums? Uh, I've, I've, I can hold the beat if I if I jump on a kit. But, but yeah. I don't, I don't own, I don't own a kit to to really like you know because I think I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, since I got into production, uh, a lot of the things you're able to do just with pads, you know, and uh, so yeah. there, there hasn't ever actually been a need for me to like learn to how to play the drums and and obviously I think I think in all fairness the the the, the time that I started producing, the, the, there wasn't such a need for an acoustic drum kit anyway. It was all electronic. All all the sounds at that time. From that era, and and when I, when we say that era, you know, still going back yeah, seven, eight years ago, it was all electronic. Yeah. Um, but but whereas obviously like an acoustic guitar, uh, it still adds value, you know, because it's it's very it's it's impossible, virtually impossible, even though it's getting close to it now. Um, yeah. You know, for 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 devices to replicate an acoustic instrument. I mean, I I, I recently purchased something called a Rolly Seaboard. And and what that allows you to do is 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 do expressive playing. It's five dimensional playing, and you can get some really sick sounds, you know. Which with uh, and you can really um, add expression to your playing uh, through those through those devices. Uh, but but that's pretty much where it ends for me, um, as far as obviously instruments are concerned. Then obviously when I yeah. go into production, then you know I focus more on that than uh, learning a new instrument. So in, how did you get into production? What sort of um, pushed you in that direction to, to learn um, to produce? I've seen people produce and it looks super complicated. Uh, you know, far, as yeah. far as I, like my personal experience with it has always been, you know, really minute, just a little bit on Fruity Loops, which is like beginner entry level. Um, obviously, I've been to certain studios and I've seen the environment and how it works and it feels like there's a lot going on. How did you sort of fall into that or not fall into it. obviously you're in the industry of music already but sort of go into music production as well as being able to play these instruments and sing well i'm well, i'm a very straightforward person so you know if you've asked me that question i'll answer it being you know the the the, the most direct way i can it was yeah. uh, i i had no one that i could go to that would produce the kind of sound that i want now i had a sound yeah. in mind and there was nobody else that was doing that kind of sound in Manchester. Uh, there was yes. one person who who claimed that he did, and he could do any sound. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. name him just just out of uh, no. you know just for his privacy. <laughs> no, but but, yeah. but I, I I I felt that I got ripped off by him. So you know I paid yes. him the money, and he was supposed to produce a track for me. We agreed on the sound, and in the end, the, he didn't deliver. And no. I, obviously, I lost. I lost a bit of money and, you know, but you live and learn. And I thought to myself, the best way to do it is to actually do it yourself. So the reference yeah. that I gave him was just something that I knocked up together. How I got into it was just because I wanted, it was just curiosity. I wanted to know and understand what, a, what does a song actually contain? And believe it yeah. or not, I used to, I used to listen to karaoke's. Now, karaoke is, of course, you know, because you, if you take away the vocals and it's just the instrumental, you know, that you're hearing, you can actually, you know, pick out all the instruments. Because sometimes vocals, because they are sitting right at the top and they're taking all the attention, sometimes you don't really focus or, or you can pay attention to what's going on in the background. Now, if you, mm -hmm. if you listen to karaoke, and that's, you know, what really helped me was, and I started to let them pick out what each other instrument was doing within that track. And uh, I started off on Fruity Loops, and I still use it to, you know, and, and I wouldn't, I would, I would disagree with you slightly that it's not a beginner's tool, although it's a yeah. good tool to start on. It, it has yeah. an advanced side to it, 
where you can actually use external plugins like Waves, Waves plugins and contact libraries, which is exactly the same stuff that uh, producers in big massive studios use with Pro Tools and Logic and uh, Ableton Live, whatever. You know, DAWs are pretty irrelevant. It's all about what you do with it. Um, yeah, and 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 in terms of obviously, like you know, when when that happened, you know, I, I got ripped off, and I thought to myself, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna just do it myself, and uh, <laughs> so I I just basically you know worked on it until I got it right, and in 2012 is when I released my first single. So your first single, which is what I was gonna get into next, um, was that produced by you? It was produced by myself, was, yes, and it was produced on Fruit Loops. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. Producing that and and obviously, did you have it in mind that this is going to be my first single? I'm I'm so I'm sitting down, um, I'm producing, Mm-mm. I'm producing something that I'm going to release, no. or was it just something you picked out, something that you felt talked with no, through the, it was the a, first? It was a it was a very organic process. What had happened was, of course, at this time, you know, I was like doing a lot of shows as well, but I was mainly doing cover songs. I had never written a song before. And uh, it did so happen that I wanted to say, you know, hang on a minute. If I was to write a song that I could call my own, you know, which would include my own poetry, my own composition and my own production, what would that song look like? And I came up with, with you know, the, 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 the first verse in the chorus and which sort of, you know, like gave me an idea of what this song is and where it's heading and that kind of thing. And uh I mean, I wrote the first verse in the chorus within half an hour, and it took me took me I think a couple of days to write the second verse. Um, and that's just because I think I, sh- I I got overwhelmed when I wrote the first verse in the chorus, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've written this," and 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 I, and I got distracted. No, no, honestly, I was in the I was in the flow, and I should have just carried on, but I got distracted. And when I got distracted, I couldn't go back to it and finish off the second verse. And oh, uh, wow. so it took me a couple of days to really like, you know, pin myself down. But I mean, a lot of, a lot of my friends and my fans tell me my second verse is actually better than the first. So wow. it's not okay. in vain. My, you know, the time, the extra time that I did spend on the second verse was worth it because then I thought about it from, you know, a story point of view, because I'm telling a story here and, you know, where yeah. to take that story. It was, it was constructing that story. So I left the second verse as the second one and first mm-hmm. and the first because it, it sort of, you know, naturally, it, it, there's a story that's involved within that song. And um, my first scratch in terms of the uh, production was horrible. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it, it's like the, the, the drums weren't mixed right and my, my vocals, you know, they weren't mixed right. They weren't really sitting, gelling with the track. Um, yeah. They were even uh, maybe like out of tune in some places and... Uh, I was out of breath in some places because I don't know if you remember the, the pre-chorus, you know, it's, it's sung in one breath and it's actually quite challenging. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so I had to go back and redo it, to, you know, to a professional standard and I didn't release it until I was, I was happy with it. Happy with it. And the first single you released, was there a video attached to that? Was it, did you have a music video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The first and single was called Harjai. Ajay, yes, I remember that one. And in terms of shooting the video itself, what was the process for that? Did you, because uh, obviously, you know, um, I've been on both sides in front of the lens and then obviously later in life, mm-hmm. I got behind the camera uh, shooting videos. So I know it's a very yeah. grilling yeah. and long process. How was that for you as an artist? You're releasing a single produced by yourself, written by yourself, sung by yourself, which... A lot, a lot of people can't say that, and and you know that alone, you deserve so much respect, because people go to other producers and such. And I understand it's a difficult thing to learn and and to implement and to get right. So you know, massive respect to you for doing that at such a young age as well. Um, how was the the shooting the video process, and, and how was the feeling of that to know, wow, this is really happening. Hi man, thank you first of all for obviously acknowledging that. I think I think a lot of it was was down to necessity. You know, I needed a video. So when it comes to music video, I'll tell you my my thought process in that. I mean, I from very very early in the stage, I realized that you know, um, because music industry as a whole is shifting. Now, 2012, this is the year that we're talking about, right? 
Um, yeah. Nobody really buys CDs even at that time. You know, MP3 mm-hmm. players were a big thing. People would just download songs and mm-hmm. put them on. And you, there isn't actually a way for you to really make anything back from the music that you put out there. So in my head, I didn't have a lot of money at that time. I couldn't really justify spending thousands of pounds on a music video that I was getting yeah. quotes for. So, you know, anyone I asked, you know, minimum they wanted a grand to shoot a very basic music video. And, yeah. um, and I thought to myself, you know what? I've always been good with technology. So why don't I just buy a DSLR with a couple of lenses and, and see how it goes? So I bought my first DSLR around about that time. Uh, yeah. Canon T3i, 600D, T3. right? Yes, very good camera, by the way. You would be familiar with that. Yeah, and, I, and it came with a... It came, it came with the with the standard lens, which is the eighteen yeah. to fifty five, but I bought yeah. another prime lens, which is the nifty fifty, right, the fifty mil. Yeah, and uh, we shot the entire music video on those two lenses. In terms of location, I want to give Sakib, who's a barrister from Rochdale, a big shout yeah. out because he told me about this location, which is really cool. I want to give another shout out to my dear friend Abid, who let me use his uh, house. Uh, for for, yeah. for for some of the scenes, but the but the but the, 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 the biggest credit I want to give to for that music video is 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 a guy called Nasser Ali. He's a he's a very dear friend of mine, and he actually helped me shoot the video. He helped me plan the video. He also helped me find the lead model for the video, uh, Diva Amin. I want to give her a shout out as well. And uh, it all sort of came together. We had a rough ideas that this is what we want from the music video. And these are the locations we have to shoot it in. Um, and let's go. And we just turned up on the shoot day without a plan. And we just planned it as we went along. And it turned out to be quite okay, quite all right. That is amazing because, you know, uh, I've seen the video. I, I remember watching it when it first came out. Um, I watched it a couple of days ago, just obviously preempting our conversation. I wanted to sort of revisit that and just re-watching the video. Even now, I, um, I've got to play in. And it's just amazing how you said that you sort of went with it without a plan. Obviously, you knew you was going to shoot a video. You had all this support around you, um, finding locations and stuff. And the video itself was so well executed. Had you not told me that, I would have never guessed that the video was shot in that manner in a sense where, you know, you went and bought your own camera, someone helped you uh, find locations and, and the model and such. It it truly is amazing. You know, I, I feel like my respect for you has leveled up far beyond what it was before. Oh, you know, I've you always respected you, uh, you know, not only as an artist, as a human being, you know, and, and I think you definitely deserve praise, um, you know, because that video is like just watching it now, I, like, I honestly, I still find it hard to believe that you're telling me you shot this without a plan. So I just went through it. I mean, everything's executed so well. It's an amazing song, Absolutely. fantastic Absolutely. video for a debut. I, I don't think it could have been any better. You know, mm. it, it was well executed, well mm. executed. Absolutely. I mean, even here to a point where I'll, where I'll tell you that, you know, like uh, the lead model, Deba, and I want to I yeah. give, you know, a huge, huge shout out to her because yeah. she turned up at the shoot and obviously she didn't have no makeup on because we were planning on doing some makeup and, you know, doing it later uh, at yeah. Abid's house, which was which was the second location. At the first location, it was only meant to be my shots, but she came along. And, and the fact, not just that, the fact that she came along, she even agreed to be filmed without any makeup on to show the devastation of the character that she was playing. And wow. a lot of models that I work with since would have a big problem with that going on camera without makeup. But yeah, Diva, she, did it. No she did it. Man. Yeah, it's a big the models. I actually do know her as well. Um, I've met her a couple of yeah. times at shows. She's absolutely lovely. She's wonderful. Such a kind, warm soul. Um, so yeah, big such, shout such out. Such a great to person well. to work with. Hundred yeah, percent, definitely. So you released this first single. It does blow up. We can't say it didn't because, you know, I remember yeah. like, especially in Manchester, there's a massive, massive um, Asian culture here, massive scene for our music within Greater Manchester and be. the North. Used to be. It's, it's definitely yeah. lost its yeah. its touch now. Um, it's moved yeah. more down south. But I know here, you know, 2000, I would say from 2010 all the way up to maybe 2015, 
possibly 16, there was a massive surge in music. Um, so I know when this came out, it was really big. I remember it on, I can't remember the website, but there was a website where we could sort of upload music and it was a Desi something, Desi vibe or something along the lines of that. You know, it was a, it was a number one hit song. What happened after that? Talk me through that. So you release your first single, everything is is pretty much done obviously you've, you've got your support system around you like i mentioned but you know you're putting a lot of work in terms of shooting yeah. it yourself yeah. uh writing the music producing it so what happens next i think i think that i think hajai did definitely change the game for me because it actually yeah. it actually forced people to consider me as a serious artist i wasn't just a mm-hmm. singer anymore i became an artist and i think that's the prime distinction between a singer and an artist where I had an original song, not just a original song, but a song that's actually done well in terms of, you know, resonating with people and getting a commercial success, whatever that means. You know, it, it, it doesn't, a lot of people think, you know, commercial success means uh, a financial gain, but no, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's more about just, you get messages from people from across the world telling you they've heard your song and they love it, you know? from countries that you did not know existed. I think that is the power of YouTube. And honestly, and that is the power, that is the true definition of a successful song in my eyes, that it's reached places where you've never been. And uh, it honestly, it, it, it was amazing. Um, I, I was over the moon about it, but I was also scared shitless because I knew that my second song needs to be just as good, if not better. As good, yeah. So obviously, so it put the, a lot of pressure on me. So you set the bar high for yourself going in. My my own self, yeah. And I never, I mean, even from day one, I've never competed with anyone but myself, you know. And uh, yeah. it, it's, 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 I think, my prime motivator because... Other people, I think those who compare themselves to others who are doing the same thing as you, is it's a foolish thing to do. And the reason for that is because they're walking their own journey and you're walking yours. What may yeah. be successful to you may not be for them and vice versa. And uh, success, like I said, you know, subjective, it means different things to different people. And But especially just the journeys, you know. Like, like there are people, so for example, Adele, you know, people look at Adele and they're like, oh my God, she's amazing. She's such a, you know, she's phenomenal. Her voice, the emotion in her voice. But the truth is, someone who's never had a breakup in their lives can never relate to her, should never yeah. be competing with her. Because that exactly. voice that you hear is a result of her personal experience. And, and that is devastating for most people. It would break a lot of people. Um, so that's why I think comparing to someone else is just foolish um, generally speaking but but yeah so I mean Harjai was successful I I mean first time I saw my name in the iTunes world charts you know it's like whoa my my song got played in a lot of radio stations yeah it was great man but the second track it was like I mean I think the market was just you know like heading towards the whole dance vibe and, you know, they wanted songs that are happy, feel good. And Harjai was yeah. not that. Harjai was a very sad, emotional uh, kind of song, but with a positive message, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. then you go from your first single, it blows up. You see your yeah. name in the iTunes, you get recognition. You shoot your second video, which is a little more, more, more dance, obviously. Um, obviously, like you yeah. mentioned, that's the way the yeah. kit was going. And then you shoot your third video, which then sort of dials it down a little bit from dance. And it's more yeah. of a cinematic yeah. approach. You know, what made you want to shift from, you know, okay, this is my first single. It's a very heartfelt song. And then the market's changed. And then you then realize, you know what, I need to bring it back down a little bit. What what was the process through that? What made you think, okay, this this here is the one. You've done the dance thing. It was successful. It was a great video. You look amazing in it, in amazing shape, which we're going to get onto your fitness in a bit as well, because <laughs> I know that you work a lot and I've you know, seen your transformation over the years as well. But, you know, you go into the dance vibe and then you come back to, you know, I, I don't want to say... 
your type of sound because it sort of categorizes you but where you I think I think that is I think that is an accurate representation because that is the reason why I did come back to Tere Bajo which is you know the without you my third single it's because when I did the dance song it was all right you know I I like the song of course you know that is the kind of song that I would I would you know be wanting to you know perform live and you know something that I could actually jam along to but yeah. I don't think it fully represented me as an artist uh, because yeah. as an, I think as an artist, it's very important to stay true to yourself and, and just ignore mm-hmm. what the market needs from you because um, you, you never really know. You, know. you never really know what exactly is it that the, your fans expect you to do. Now, your fans were, you know, and, and, and you shouldn't really be trying to live up to anyone's expectations, even including your fans. You need to be able to stay true to yourself because that's the only way you know, I feel that I could be happy because despite the success of Jignano uh, Sonifu, which is the second single, the dance yeah. track that I'm talking about, I, I still felt the need to be able to, you know, sing a song that's a bit more emotional. Um, now, I mean, that could be because of the songs that I grew up listening to. I grew up listening to a lot of, a lot of ballads, uh, a lot of emotional, spiritual, mystical songs. And um, they have never been, you know, of, of they've never been similar to Jaglana Sonifu. So Tere Bajo was sort of my reversion back to my my own sound and my my own theme that I want to sing about. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it, I, I would say that's that's been a very successful song for me because not only it ended up, ended up in the charts, but it charted at number twelve in the Asian download charts. So not the iTunes world charts, but the Asian download charts uh, Charts in its yeah. first week. It was landed at number 12. Landed at number 12. And then, obviously, you, you, you went from... So you're, you're at your third video now. Um, mm. I noticed that you took a little bit of a hiatus. There wasn't anything really released in terms of music videos. Um, yeah. Yeah. What happened in between that time? Was it a little break? What What is it that you was doing? I know that you got married as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you take a little break from music? Would you just start rethinking things? Because then I you did. came back. I did. Um, 2012, I mean, if you think about it this way, that I, I only ever got time to release one single a year, which is yeah. not nearly not enough today. But at that time, it was enough for me. Because I released a single yeah. and then I toured, you know, and I just went on tour and, uh, you know, I did loads of shows. I did public events. I like, did private events. I still, kept, you know, carried on releasing some of my covers. And then 2013 dropped the second. 2014 dropped the third. 2015 mm-hmm. is when I got married. And that's when I decided yeah. to take a break. And uh-huh. initially, I only, I only wanted to take a break for a year. And that year turned yeah. into two, two turned into three, three turned into four. And the only reason for that was because I think I was in it. I was I, I I went on a journey of self-discovery, and I realized what truly makes me happy. And mm-hmm. um, I, I I I I recognized the superficial industry and the things that people cared about. I mean, like I mentioned that I was on number twelve uh, in the charts. To me, that was yeah. a big achievement, but it wasn't a number one, and it wasn't a number two. But the truth is, mm. people will always ever compare you to these superficial things. Those are just numbers. Tere Bajo is still a track which, you know, I, I get a lot of love for. And I, and, I, mm. and I don't think I should have been involved in the numbers game. How many views does it have? How many likes does it have? You know, and, and I recognize that those things are superficial. And, I, and I, when I first started doing music, it was only to connect with people. It was only, that was the only thing I wanted out of performing. That was just to connect to people through my music. Everything else yeah. doesn't matter. And when that happened, I, I sort of realized, I was like, you know, I don't want to do the same things that I have been doing before. So I want to change things up a little bit. Now, I want to only do the music that I want to do. And uh, the way I want to do it, uh, I, and in terms of, you know, like marketing and stuff, you know, like with super, you know, social media is obviously, and now it's become a very, you know, fickle it's a very fickle place where you know one thing would be popping off right now and then two weeks later you wouldn't even remember it and um, with regards to obviously marketing your songs you could market it all you want spend thousands of pounds on you know facebook ads instagram ads 
But once your song has lived its life because of people's limited attention spans nowadays, yeah. it's going to disappear. So your money's wasted. You'd rather just put a song out there. And if it's good, if it's good, like really good, and people connect to it, you don't need to do marketing. It will, it will do what it needs to do. What, and, and your expectation should be nothing else but to just put it out there. Your job is done then. You shouldn't have to worry mm-hmm. about it afterwards. Definitely. A lot of, you mentioned- uh, a lot of depression. Sorry, I just want to touch on that, what, this one thing. There's a lot of depression and mental health issues within you know, the showbiz industry. And that comes from one of the things that I mentioned briefly before, where you're constantly comparing yourself to something else. The other thing that I mentioned where you're actually living up to someone else's expectations rather than yours. And the last thing is when you start believing in superficial things that don't exist and they don't matter, uh, likes, views, you know, and, and numbers in the charts. And, you know, they, these things really don't matter. You know, what? I actually what I was going to say just then was just to touch on what you said about, um, you know, superficial things and the numbers and, and all this and sort of everyone else's idea of how you should be and how you should conform. You know, I myself went through that, you know, young yeah. twist, yeah. this young kid, young everyone twist, said, man. do this, do that, <laughs> young twist, you know, make music like this. And I was obsessed by the numbers. How many views mm. have we got? Mm. Have we got more views than X, Y, and Z? X, Y, and Z is making music like this. Should I then now make mm. music like this? I, I I really lost myself. Obviously, I was a lot younger than, mm. than all you guys that I was surrounded by. So I didn't have the mental capacity to handle that. So at 17, we've 18, and even... We've, we've all been there. 19, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting yeah. here and telling you all these things. That, but but the, the, the truth is, I was in the exact same position as, as what you've been through. And it's yeah. not a nice place to be in, you know? It's a terrible place. And I, myself, didn't really find myself until I... Um, not that I needed someone's validation, but until I met my partner, um, who mm. was like, "Listen, come down a bit. You got you've gone too far to the edge," and just sort of mm. pull me back and take take the reins and just hold me back a little bit. Um, and I wanted to really talk about your latest song, "Influence." What yeah, sure, obviously that a lot about social media. Um, yeah, what's and I know it's just been recently released in September or September, what month are we now? November, so September, October time, about yeah. a month and a bit ago, something yeah. like that. Um, That's right. It's really thought provoking um, about social media. What what pushed you into that direction? What you know, because now you've got a voice. Um, mm. You know, you've mm. always had a voice, but it's very prominent. Um, over, it gets prominent over the years. But what made you say, you know what? This I'm going to make this type of music because, you know, like we've yeah. been talking about, and, yeah. and I mentioned there's a there's a massive stereotype, and we're talking about music culture within the Northwest Asian music, um, and what yeah. kind of music people. Yeah. Obviously, you did the dance thing, so on and so forth. Um, what made you want to make a song like this, given that your fan base is predominantly Asian, and you know, I don't want to say that Asians have. Uh, an expectation of what music, you know, other Asians should make, but it's very different from what you've done in the past. Is that something experimental or is this a new wave that you're, you know, a new sound effectively? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> influence is a, is, is, is a, is a funny one. And, 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 yeah. and I'll, I think, I think it's, it's before I tell you about the song itself, I think it's important that I tell you the backstory. Now, yeah. As I, as I mentioned, obviously, once I recognized the superficiality and, you know, the, the fakeness within, within our industry, you know, and, and I say our industry because, you know, bro, you've, you've shared the same industry. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I, I backed away from it and I didn't feel the need to go back into it because I, I didn't miss it. You know, I missed the love of my fans and, and, I, and I missed, obviously, my, you know, those who, who supported me. I missed, you know, my, my colleagues, which, which you know, um, were also on the same wavelength. But I didn't miss the industry itself. Well, it wasn't even an industry. It was just a scene, wasn't it? And because yeah. of all that fakeness, it just died. You know, it just disappeared. And, and then, obviously, you know, it got picked up somewhere else. And, of course, you know, uh, there are people down south who are doing, you know, amazing things. But the thing is, I think the insides of it, I can sort of imagine what it would be like, um, you know, because you're having to compete with... With, with, with so many, um, you know, what you call it, 
other other types of content because so many people are doing so many types of content now it's not just music and and it's always about you know like like the likes and views that i was talking about that has sort of become like the online currency right yeah. and when it comes to obviously we talked about monetization before you know obviously there isn't a lot of money to be made from music you can make a living you know like and i did for for a bit you know i I, I did nothing but music and, uh, you know, I did a lot of shows and, you know, mm -hmm. that's probably, that's where I made my most of my money from. I most, made most of my money from shows and the, the additional things were the likes of, you know, there was merchandise that I had and there was PRS royalties, but all that will only ever equate to a decent wage, you know, and it, it's not extravagant. But even these rappers and stuff, you know, when you when you see these their music videos, you you know you you think that they've got so much money, but the, there's a reason why a lot of these people are going broke. You know, it's because they they may be millionaires. Now, uh, no, let, let's be honest here. Like even in the mainstream, right, the likes of MC Hammer, Fifty Cent, whoever, you know, they, they may be millionaires, but they are living a billionaire's lifestyle yes. based on the expectation that other people have, people that they don't really even like, but it's all about the perception, the living up to this false perception and they end up losing everything. And that has happened time and time and time again and people don't learn anything. Now, with regards yeah. to my song now, uh, I'd just like to obviously mention that this obviously happened and, and this is direct, I'm, I'm, I'm describing to you the direct series of events but the song yeah. itself is a result of a lot of what I already know. And it comes from mm -hmm. a perspective of a person who has that place of influence where they are in a position to influence someone, you know? And, and, yeah. and I think it's only valid for me to sing that when I've actually been in that position myself, right? Now, mm -hmm. I came across... When, when lockdown first happened, um, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time with family and I was blessed to be able to do that because there were no more shows um and and yes i mean i did take a financial hit but at the end of the day family is a blessing and money comes and goes right and i as time went on i started spending a lot of time on social media on my phone you know just looking at scrolling through timelines as you do yeah um you know the likes of facebook instagram tiktok I only ever used it, obviously, to promote my music, but it turned out that because, you know, and this, this, um, I don't think this is just my experience, because if, if, if I were, if that was, if you asked me before I released the song, I would have said, maybe it's just me, but the response that I've received since I've released it, I know that it's a lot of people. You're scrolling through timelines and all you see is people trying to, either trying to sell you something, right? Or yeah. people trying to make you lust over something, whether it's women mm -hmm. or cars, right? Or the worst, people telling you how perfect their life is. And as, as you've been human, you can't help but look at someone else and then think, oh, you know, they look so good at the age that they are at. Why don't I look like that? You know, and you ultimately start to compare. It's human nature. It's human it nature is, that you, know you would what? compare. Mm. Everyone's done it. You know, like I mentioned before, I myself have done it. Many people have done it. Pretty sure people listening have done it. Where you know, social media is such a dangerous place. When you look yeah. at something and and it's falsified, it's not someone's reality. You know, I myself, I'm guilty of that. I've uploaded a picture of, um, it could be anything, whether it's money, new clothes, new shoes, when mm. really inside, yeah. you know, I suffered yeah. from depression for many, many years due to the music yeah. industry and yeah. social media, and it drove me insane, um, and it's a dangerous game. And the reason, obviously, I no, wanted to ask about honestly, I would... You're you're absolutely right, and and I'm guilty of it as well, just as you, just as you are. But the truth is, we only ever use that to to promote our music, and, yeah. and and I'd like to think that I did it responsibly enough because I've always been a spiritual person, because I firmly believe that you know don't talk about your parents to someone who's an orphan, don't talk about yeah. your kids to someone who's unable to have children, so don't talk about things in general that other people cannot have or may not have yet, you know? So it's a case mm -hmm. of, um, you know, being kind 
And I think people stopped being kind because it was all about the race. Social media has become nothing but a race for people. You know, one influencer, and, and, and I call them influencers. The song itself I called influence because it doesn't, it, it, I'm not just talking about celebrities. I'm not just talking about musicians. I'm not just talking about vloggers, bloggers, comedians. I'm talking about everyone who's in a position to influence someone. And how they get paid is, of course, you know, it's like the more followers you have, the more you can charge a brand to promote their products. You know, that's how it works. Like, you know, most people who, you know, when people listen back to this, will will know that whenever they see something, it's like, oh, use my discount code. It's just a way for for the influencer to make money. You know, they get commission on all those sales. Everyone has to make a living and that's absolutely fine. But the, mm-hmm. the, the, the problem comes into play, what they have to do to increase their followers. Now, they have to constantly present an image of themselves that is extra, extra, extraordinary, which is not mm-hmm. normal. And that has actually taken people away from what's real. And uh, it, it has created a lot of anxiety amongst people. Now, anyone, I always say this, who doesn't get my song, because it's only, I've tried to encapsulate a very deep subject, a very detailed subject within three minutes. Watch a documentary <laughs> on Netflix called Social Dilemma. Now, that uh, will ex- help explain a lot, a lot yeah. of what I'm trying to say in that song. The song itself, okay, coming back to this, mm-hmm. the song itself was just something very organic. I didn't think about what style I want. I didn't think about whether it's going to be a rap or whether it's going to be a song itself. I just wanted to get something off my chest. And the result is what you hear, but not in its original form, because originally it was, again, a very four-on-floor, hyped, jumpy kind of beat. And uh, it was just something that I was feeling at that time. But when I listened back to it, I was like, no, you will miss the message. If you're trying to make the song with a with a serious message, it needs to have, a, it needs to be presented in a serious way, and that's yes. where I changed the production completely, and uh, I added the narrations by Prince EA about you know social media. I added um, you know cameo by late and great Ompuri from East is East. Uh, yes. I added you know like the little laughters that you hear, and it's all mm-hmm. what I wanted to convey. You know, as an artist, not not as a singer, not as a rapper, but as an artist, something that will actually help people think as to what social media is, how it's being used and the effects that it has on you. Now, I've seen people. Now, this is my personal experience in my, uh, you know, like, sorry, not by my personal experience, but something that I've been I've experienced firsthand, like a friend of mine has actually told me. They basically had arguments. Also, a, a couple has had, have had arguments based on stuff that they see online. They see other couples do that, and then his wife has basically kicked off with him to say, "Oh, why don't we do this?" Or the husband has kicked off with his wife to say, "Why don't you look like that?" Not in plainest of <laughs> words, but it's always about yeah. the comparison. You're comparing your home with someone else's imagination, and it's a dangerous yeah. thing to be. It's a falsified. It's falsified, basically. It's not true. It's not reality. You're seeing something which you wish you had, but that person doesn't have it either. Nine times out of ten, they don't. Selena, I really like what you said there. Uh, I think that. Oh, that was uh, so. Selena, I should mention that on this app, um, people listening can actually chime in um, and sort of. That's good. I'm sorry. We should. We should. We should include. Yes, we should. Um, So, uh, if anyone has anything to say, of course, you should finish. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying is, I am. I'd lost what I was saying. Something. Yeah. So it's falsified, and nine times out of ten, not a lot of people have these things, unless you know they, they were born very lucky and fortunate to be born into wealth. But even then, those you know, I was talking to my partner the other night. You know, people of wealth still have pain and suffering and falsify their lives on social media. So it is absolutely a dangerous game. And you know, I I really like this song. So what's name Laurie? Influence on YouTube. You, um, is yeah. it on? Spotify and Apple as well. It's can we it's everywhere. It? I, I, I've it's never every- I've never been. Yeah, it's on Spotify. Yeah. It's on YouTube. I've, I've 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 not done any promotion for it. I've just put it out there. Yeah, 
and 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 you know it's like whoever whoever wants to check it out yes it, it's available um, I, I i'm i'm i've become i think i've become a bit too harsh on myself as well in terms of like you know plugging things i, I think that's very shameless it's a shameless act so yeah. you know but yeah thank you thank you for obviously giving it a shout out i appreciate it yeah and the video i assume you shot that yourself from the beginning of yeah. the video there's a title card hl films yeah that is yeah. I, the video itself it's in- visually it's amazing um, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know that you shoot your own videos as well. I've seen this video um, when it was released because I am subscribed to your YouTube channel, um, so I get the notifications and I watched it. And you know, just obviously talking to you now, and it's just brought bells to my head. Oh my god, this man shot his own video. Uh, so you know, multi-talented singer, songwriter, <laughs> producer, um, instrumentalist. Director, editor, anything you can't do, brother. Um, but you know, you've had um, a, a massive music influence within your family. Um, I do know that your your late grandfather was a poet, composer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The seventies and eighties. You know, what influence did you take away from him, and you know, what was the relationship like? I know that there was a some of his. His work made its way into Bollywood as well, which is a massive, massive yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I, I, my my granddad passed away in in 1977. Yeah. I was born in '85, so uh, of course I had no direct relationship with him. Um, yeah. As far as obviously, you know, his 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 song is concerned, that is something that obviously everyone in my family knew and talked about till this day. That it was yeah. his song and he should have received credits for it. But the truth is, like Bollywood itself is such a shameless industry that they've been stealing other people's music for such a long time. And uh, Just to... they've been doing it. Sorry, what was the song in question? Which song was it that was that was taken and obviously didn't receive credit for? Okay, the film the film is Kuch Kuch Hota Hai. And the song itself yes. is the song Tujhe Yaad Na Meri Aai, Kisi Se Ab Kya Kehna. And that okay. song was originally in Punjabi, and yeah. and later on they uh, they changed it to Hindi, and Hindi. then they released it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but of course you know, everyone I, in my family knew, and of course you know they were all they all talked about it. You know they had the original scripture. You know the the the, the writings because my my granddad was you know not just a poet but he was also an academic where he released a lot of Punjabi poetry books, where you know which were uh, part of the. Punjabi syllabus in Pakistan, yeah, and oh, um, wow. and you know, but 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 it's it's one of those things like you know even if you look at Nusrat Fateli Khan for example you know his song the Madam Maskalanda right or um, they when it when it goes to Bollywood they call it Tu Cheeseberry Hai Must Must and they've blatantly copied a song which is so popular within Pakistan, but obviously because of the relationships that two countries have. And uh, just just Bollywood being such a shame, shameless industry, it, it just you know it just goes and nobody really cares. Um, and there, there's very little ethics you know involved within within our Asian industry, and I say that globally yeah. because surely if that something like this happened in the in the Western world, there will be lawsuits and you know there's so many other things that you could do. Um, yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. At the end of the day, my my granddad only wrote poetry, um, you know, for for his syllabus, and uh, the song was picked up by by a singer in Pakistan, and it was sung in on Pakistani radio, uh, Pakistani radio at that time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it definitely is a shameless industry, you know, just worldwide um, Asian culture. It definitely has to change at some point. And I think you know. Uh, it starts with everyone uh, and anyone, mm. and I definitely commend you for, for for the for the latest song influence. You know, I know that couldn't have been an easy decision to make in terms of a career choice. Just knowing what <laughs> the industry, is like, um, you know, and I'm uh, watching the video as well. It's very different from what we have now. Even now, you know, with with the industry growing at such a fast rate, people are still doing the same stuff. Just the sound is a little bit different. Obviously, we went from dance to trance to more like urban hip-hop R&B type layered with Asian vocals. Um, so I definitely commend you for that. I also wanted to ask you about the charity that you work with. I know that you're an ambassador 
for a charity staying yeah. um, put, helping supporting uh, women, yeah, uh, who've suffered domestic violence. How how did that come about? Is you know, it's it's a very sensitive topic, but one that we should definitely talk about more. I don't think enough people do, um, and you know, yeah. to have yeah. someone like yourself campaigning is an amazing thing what how did you how did you come come about being an ambassador and and and, and working with this charity um a while ago and this is obviously um before before 2014 it may have been mm-hmm. the year 2014 I, I was approached by i performed at uh, bradford Mela, and it was i think the last of its kind because i don't think they they've, been, they've had mailers since just because the industries no. died you know um, but 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 it was one of one, one of the last ones, and and I was approached by by a lady called uh, Rihanna Akbar, who worked for mm-hmm. the charity at the time, and uh, she asked me if I if I'd be willing to perform at their annual uh, general meeting, and she said obviously there's no budget, and you know as an artist you get approached, you know, <laughs> all the time by promoters who are trying to basically get something for, for free from you. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, what's the reason why you're not paying me?" You know, I, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a very direct person, and and you know, I'm I'm always going to ask the direct question. Uh, and to which you responded that we're a charity, and I was like, "Okay, well, tell me a bit about the charity. What do you guys do? Who do you help?" And now a lot of charities help people abroad, and I have nothing against that. But the problem with that is, for me, I've been brought up with the ideology that charity begins at home. Right. Yes. Everything. So, so they when when she told me that this is a charity that supports people who suffered domestic violence, and it's not just women; it's men as well, and it's children. You know, who are who have obviously who whose lives have been affected by domestic violence. So, for them to be able to, that's the charity that supports people like that in the UK. And I was like, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, just like that. And uh, I turned up at the event. I got to meet the, 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 the founder, uh, Yasmin, a uh, lovely lady. I got to meet the team. And I've done a lot of charity events, you know, in my time. Yeah. Uh, something about this particular charity just told me that these people are doing it for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. I need to be part of this more, not just performing at the event, but I want to do more. And that's where, obviously, I went to their office and I got to learn about, you know, what they do. And I became their ambassador. That and is I've been, I've been spreading their words since. And, you know, I've, there have been people who've, like, you know, contacted me on, 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 on my social media channels telling me that, you know, they've suffered from domestic violence and they don't know what to do. And I've been able to put them directly in touch with a charity and, you know, just doing my bit, you know. And I think... Uh, I think it's important that all these little changes, little things that you do, uh, make mm-hmm. a big difference. Um, and of course, you know, it's, it's nothing that I. I mean, a lot of people may may think, "Yo, this is an extraordinary thing," and I should be really proud of myself, and I should be shouting about it. But the truth is, it's only a natural thing for one human being to do for another. We've just become yeah. very unnatural within our societies. We've all become, you know, all for ourselves and nothing else concerns us or matters you know and it's, it's just a selfish way of living well that that is it's you know it's amazing and in terms of the charity itself how can people get involved with the charity what what can we, what can we do what can i do and, and my friends and my family and so on and so forth this charity that you're involved with how can we help uh well staying put has you know a prominence on on social media channels uh they actively respond to, to, to anyone who tweets them or you know who inboxes them they have a website as well where you can actually get in touch and find out about you know volunteering opportunities now obviously mm-hmm. due to the nature of the role itself they, they may not have a lot of volunteering opportunities simply because you have right. to go through screenings and you know it's not like a shelter say for example where you can just turn up and help dish out food or bring some food with you. It's, it's slightly different because, you know, there are families, you're talking about families at stake. Um, uh, so, 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 but, but whatever opportunities, if you, if you want to get involved, just get in touch with them through their email. Um, uh, and, and, you know, of course, they'll be happy to help and, they, you know, what, what is it that, you know, you can help them with. Yeah. Okay. 
Right. But but, well, but as, I, as I've said, you know, charity begins at home. Just look around you. You know, they there are the, there are the, you know this is one charity, and they're doing a fantastically amazing job. But there are so many other charities. But always look at charities who are doing something at home first, and then abroad, yeah, you know, then abroad definitely. And that's you know, that would be my advice. It, it's amazing thing that you're involved with. So if anyone wants to check that out, it's uh, www.stayingput.uk.net. Definitely check that out. And obviously, we're going to slowly start to uh, finish up. But just before we do go, I wanted to touch on your health journey. Because, okay. you know, I remember meeting you and, you know, you had a bit of weight on. You had some chub. Um, mm. And then uh, I didn't see you for, for a while. Then I saw you back at a show and you was transformed in something else and over the years i've i've watched your growth journey you know through facebook instagram youtube all these sort of social networks that that i follow you on you know the last time i saw you i think was in the trafford center um shopping around so you know in terms of the health journey i just you know just before i finish up just want to say that what made you sort of change the direction because i don't want to say chubby because you wasn't, you definitely wasn't chubby, but you had some chub on you. Um, you came mm. back, and then you mm. you came back lean, and and now you are just this. You, you're just a tank, brother. I have to I have to put that <laughs> out there. This man is a tank right now. Okay, he's built like a tank. Amazing physique, uh, very fit and healthy. What is your sort of diet regime? Is there anything that you do different? How many times a day are you working? Talk me through what you're doing right now to to stay healthy and active. Bro, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call myself a tank for one minute, but but you know, I, I appreciate. I appreciate the thought. Um, I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be very straight up with you. When when you're a teenager, you just eat whatever you want, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I just ate anything. And in terms of obviously, you know, it, it does take a toll on its on your health, and not just your health, but the way you look. And I'll be honest with you, to start off with, I was only ever concerned about how I looked. And I wanted to look yeah. good, not necessarily feel good, wanted to look good. And part of it mm -hmm. may just be because of everything we've talked about in this podcast is that you're comparing yourself with, you know, these, uh, these, yeah, these fake, unrealistic standards of beauty, you know, and then, yeah. then you do everything to try and achieve that. Now... Mm -hmm. Thank God I was sensible enough not to go down the route of, you know, illegal substances like steroids mm -hmm. and uh, testosterone and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, because, you know, I think, um, I think those people who are advocating <laughs> against it, they've, they've highlighted the, the disadvantages that come from that in the long run very, very well. Mm -hmm. And that was enough to deter me away from that. But, but of course, you know, I started uh, taking my protein shake, started working out, and, but it was only then just to look good. You know, that was my prime goal. Um, yeah. Now, as a married man, it's slightly different because now, now I have kids, I have two kids, and yes. uh, now I want to be able to just keep up with them, you know? So it doesn't really matter about how I look, but I always make every effort to eat healthy and then exercise wherever I can. I don't go to the gym anymore. I haven't been since long before March. So I, I wouldn't even blame the lockdown for it, even though I had a membership. But I just never had the time to go. But at home, go, yeah. you know, of course, you know, I do my press-ups and, you know, do your sit-ups and your squats. And honestly, if you go on YouTube and just type in like a home workout, and obviously since COVID, it's been so popular that, you know, there are loads of people who are giving you some very, very useful workout routines that you can try out but i think night the biggest part of your health is comes down to what you eat uh yes and it's, it's just about staying healthy you know healthy stuff doesn't always taste good but it's good for you <laughs> so 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 yeah that's, that's what i'd say on the matter of course i'm not 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 like a health expert but if you put me on the spot and you ask me the question that's what i'd say well brother i think you are in amazing shape you know um i think the music thing that you're doing right now you know, from where it started and just to see you grow and see you on this journey, see how you've developed, getting involved with charities, sort of really making a stamp on the Asian music industry where we are right now um, is amazing. I have so much respect for you. I have so much love for you. I'm so grateful that I was able to get you on the podcast as a guest. It's been amazing. It's been fun. Thank you so much for being here. No, um, it's, been, I wish it's been my pleasure. All, 
success. No, honestly, I wish you all the success. Uh, all my duas are with you, brother. You know, you, you, what you're doing is amazing. And, and honestly, you are um, an amazing role model, I would say, definitely. You know, oh, just the work oh. <laughs> you've done, you know, you, you're very humble. You're a very pious man. And I thank you on the show. Thank you, bro. Thank you. That 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 means a lot to me. And and I just I, want to also say that you know that the times that you were, I mean, you didn't really say it like that. You know, uh, looking up to me, I was also looking up to you. Now this may be also news to you, but you know, I used to follow. I used to follow Gorilla Chiller. I used to follow um, Blitz. You know, Billy Blitz. I used to follow Young Twist. You know, I you, you are part of the gang that I used to look up to because you were the guys who were doing stuff actively on the same scene that I wanted to be part of. You know? oh, wow. And you guys that's... were welcoming and, you know, I have a lot of love for you too, man. Man, that's, you know what, just to hear that is amazing. It honestly is, I had no idea. Had I known, I think I would have fangirled a little bit. It's just a shame we never got to work <laughs> together. But here we yeah. are in this new age. Here we are on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, never, say never. Right. never say never. Never say never. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nain Lahori, check him out on YouTube. I will link everything in the podcast. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, bro. Peace. Thank you, bro. Thank, Thank you. Us. It's been great. Bye. Thanks a lot.